0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally go a little bit off topic. My name is Scott Cowie, I'm a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people but more often than not it will be fellow musicians focusing on their careers and lives within, arguably the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every Thursday here at ScottKelly.com. And now we're on iTunes. Please subscribe, rate, review, maybe give us five stars. And for now, enjoy the show. Guest this week on the podcast, Cliff Goldmarker, songwriter. Producer, session musician, engineer, author, owner of Recording Studios in Nashville, Tennessee and California. This man has produced a lot of Kesha's material. If you go onto YouTube, you'll see various different lessons on production, on songwriting, on publishing, the lot. This man knows what he's talking about. He was introduced to me very recently by a mutual friend. So we're going to talk to Cliff right now. It's going to be a good one. Before we get to our interview with Cliff There was a band next door called Take Today Who were making as much noise as anything you've ever heard in your life They're the loudest band I've ever heard, quite frankly um, You can hear every note from about three miles away How's it going, lads? Good, man, good, how's yourself? Alright, yeah, there's a singing drummer in this band as well called Paul Daly how Paul, you? how do you do this? You're battering out the drums, you're singing What's going on? Talk us through it It was tough at the start, I must say But uh, it got a bit easier, nearly... Uh, to now actually Because I've been asking Jess To do a bit of vocals To help me out So it's not it's getting a bit better And just to note Jess sings and plays guitar Paul's battering out the drums And singing You've got Alex playing bass These guys are a really good band They featured on episode 2 Of the podcast When I interviewed Huey Morgan And um, a couple of people Responded really well Through Facebook and Twitter The usual kind of stuff And you've got an EP launch Coming up is that and um, Where is that And where can we get tickets for it? Uh, that's in Stereo in Glasgow uh, You can pick up tickets from us From any member of the band uh, they're £6 uh, We've got two really, really, really good bands supporting us uh, Static Rock And uh, Set in Sand So it should be really good When both of those bands have also featured on the podcast I'm giving you a chance to promote yourselves here But I'm constantly talking about my own thing, right? <laughs> so, um, as far as influences go Big Foo Fighters influence, I can tell, eh? Yeah, massive Absolutely massive, man Um I think if you, if you could splice the foothetters with the Deftones, you've got your sound right there. Eagles uh, equals take today. Fantastic yeah, yeah. stuff. And these guys are desperate to hear the interview with Cliff Goldmacher. He's a man of many talents as well. So let's get straight to the interview with Cliff. Okay, we're back on the Talk Music Podcast with Cliff
1: Goldmacher. How are you, Cliff? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you?
0: I'm okay, I'm okay. Um, the weather looks considerably better uh, than Scotland over there in America. How has it been today?
1: It has been absolutely lovely. There's something about Northern California that that works for me, as far as the weather is concerned.
0: Well, I've got a lot of I've been fortunate enough to to make a lot of friends here in the last um, couple of years, and they are not slow in telling me that the weathers a lot better (laughs) than Scotland.
1: (laughs) It is a point of pride, I believe.
0: A point of pride. And talking of, of kind of mutual friends or whatever, Janine Leah, a singer-songwriter that you and I know, you've been working with Janine recently. Um, I think it was even last week. Um, it was. Yeah. What was that experience like for you?
1: It was wonderful. She's a very open, happy spirit, and uh, I had a feeling before we even collaborated that it would be an easy and productive collaboration, and that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, Janine's a really talented singer-songwriter, um, and I, I met her uh, actually last year. I was at an open mic night over there in San Francisco, and I needed to borrow an acoustic guitar. And um, she lent me a guitar, and consequently we ended up touring together in the summer, so I've got a lot to thank Janine for So um, a shout-out to Janine, I think we should say at this point. I agree, I agree. So um, what came first for yourself, Cliff? Was it the songwriting or the production? Because you're involved in so many projects at the moment.
1: For me, it was uh, everything sort of grew organically and grew together. These were all based on interests that I had musically. So as I began to uh, explore songwriting, I was also getting interested in recording. And at first, of course, it was just recording myself and my own projects, and that's the, ble- the best place to, to learn and make the kinds of mistakes that, that all beginners make. And I made plenty. Um, but as I grew as a writer and as a performer, I was also growing as a recording engineer and as a producer. And so over the years, and it's amazing to look back now and think that I've been at this for over 20 years, but over the years... I started to know a little bit more of who I was, not only as a songwriter, but also as a producer and what my personality would be like as a producer. Some producers are very hands-on. Everything has to sound like them. And other producers are more facilitators. They help people sort of get comfortable so they can sound the most like themselves. And I tend to lean more in that direction as someone whose job it is to sort of make the overall process a comfortable one so that it stays musical and so that it sounds as fun as it is to have made it.
0: Excellent. I mentioned there you're involved in different projects. You're a man of of many, many talents. Can you explain (laughs) a little bit about everything that you do? Like I said, you're a songwriter, you're a producer. Um, What makes up a typical day for you at the moment, given that you're involved in so many different things?
1: Well, you know, this is something also that has evolved over the years. Uh, I think for me now, and this is something that I think all full-time musicians struggle with, how do we get up every day and make music in a way that makes us happy? And over the years, that's evolved for me. When I first got started, it was uh, performing my own songs and pursuing a record deal. But as time went on, that began to make me a little bit less happy and I wanted to figure out how it was that I was going to be able to make music um, and still enjoy it. And so that's when the production started to come in, and then I was able to enjoy the talent of the people around me as opposed to comparing myself to it or envying it a little bit, which is so much the, the plight of a frustrated artist. And so as I began to understand that my real role was to help other artists achieve their goals but also through the songs that we would create together then it kind of began to make more sense to me and it was something that I was motivated to do every day so back to your original question I think for me it has everything to do with what is most pressing so for example I run a recording studio in Nashville and there are times where I have recording clients where we're making records or recording demos of their songs and it becomes very busy, and that becomes my primary uh, focus. But then there are times when the studio inevitably gets quiet. And at that time, I have the luxury of being able to help uh, write songs with other artists. And I think for me, if I did either one of those full time, I'd go crazy. I, it's either uh, the, the recording process is a very technical one, and the songwriting process is a very emotional one. And so I use one to balance the other, and it just sort of organically makes itself clear which one is going to be getting more attention at a particular time.
0: Excellent. Now you mentioned Nashville there. Nashville's got such a great reputation uh, for creating great music. They say that if you walk into a small bar in Nashville, you hear a singer songwriter that's just off the scale. Um, now, what's your experience like being in Nashville? Is it got it's got this reputation for good reason? Would you say that?
1: Oh, I would. I I think for for no other reason than the sheer concentration of talent. It's like Los Angeles and New York, except that unlike New York and Los Angeles, which have concentrations of all kinds of different talent, Nashville is really about music. And so this concentration of songwriters and great session musicians really um, makes everybody better. You're, you're constantly surrounded by this enormous pool of talent, and it can be a little daunting. It can be a little overwhelming when you get started realizing just how far you have to go. Uh, but once you understand that everybody is pretty much there to learn from each other and help each other, and I really do see it that way, it's a pretty inspiring place to be.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely need to go over and see it at some point. Hang on a second there, Cliff, the guys from Take Today who we spoke to earlier are going to advertise some of our previous episodes. Episode 1 with Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols. Episode 2 had Q Morgan from the Fun Loving Criminals. Episode 3 Sandy Tall. Episode 4 Brian Ray from Paul McCartney's Band. Episode 5 Orianthe. Episode 6 Bob Jacobs from NASA. Episode 7 Phil Toll, Metallica's Therapist. Episode 8 Graham Clark and Graham Duffin from Wet Wet Wet. Episode 9 Andy McKee. Episode 10 Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene. Episode 11 This episode Cliff Gold. You can go check them all out at ScottKevy.com. Also available on iTunes to download and subscribe. Now you've got a studio in Nashville. You have a total of three studios, is that right?
1: Well, I have two full-time studios, the Nashville studio and the one here in California that you can, if this is a video podcast, you can see behind me, Um, but I also work a decent amount of the year in New York, and I have some recording equipment in New York, but that studio is a little bit more makeshift and is is designed to take advantage of the collaborations that I have going at any particular uh, moment in New York.
0: Excellent. Now, you have recently, well, more notably, worked with Kesha um, over Uh, the last couple of years. So what was that experience like? Because um, there's so much been written about Kesha. Um, What was your experience, essentially?
1: Well, it's interesting. I had the um, good fortune to meet Kesha when she was in her mid-teens. She was 16 or so when we were introduced. And my impression of her was, one, that she was extremely talented. Her natural musical ability was very, very clear, even in her teens. Um, second of all, at the time that I knew her, and I really knew her before she became Kesha with the dollar sign for an S. It right. was just a regular S when I knew her. Um, but she was she was very serious about her music. Um, but she had a good attitude about it. She wasn't overly stressed about it. She enjoyed the the songwriting process, and really brought a lot of talent to the uh, to the equation. So I have. I have very, I had a very good experience with Kesha. Um, I know that subsequently her music has become slightly edgier and she might have gotten a more of a reputation, uh, but at the time that I was working with her, I, I found her to be a great collaborator.
0: Excellent, because one of our listeners, Erin Reedy, um, has got a question for yourself. Uh, she writes in, um, uh, do you think that Kesha's sound would be suited to an acoustic album? And if so, is this something that you would consider producing?
1: I would be honored to do an acoustic album with Kesha. And and yes, I think that one of the things that isn't necessarily clear unless you've had a chance to spend time with her is just what a good singer she really is. Uh, She's got great control over her vocal instrument, and I think it would be a joy to work with her on a project like that. I don't know that it'll ever happen. But if it ever does, I would certainly be delighted to do it.
0: Well, Cliff, if she's listening, it goes without saying, the offer is now made. So <laughs> we'll see if she gets back to us. Now, I was on your website earlier, and I've seen that you've got The Songwriter's Guide to Publishing Demos, which is an ebook. Um Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. One of the things that I realized after being in the music industry for a long time was that I actually had opinions. And uh, these opinions just came from, as I mentioned earlier all of the mistakes that I made as I was learning what it meant to record professional demos of my songs. And so what I did is I sat down and and gave some real thought to things that might help a beginning songwriter or a songwriter who's at the point where they're starting to take their their career seriously and thinking about doing high-quality recordings of their songs. So I sat down and, and thought about the things that I wish somebody had told me before I started to do these recordings, just so that I understood the process a little bit better. I think for a lot of musicians, and songwriters in particular, who are starting out, the music industry is a little bit scary, and the, the concern is that people are going to take advantage of you. And, and I think the more that you know, as a beginning songwriter, the less scary it becomes, and the more you understand that everybody really um, has a role to play. And so once you understand sort of where you fit into that uh, continuum, it's not as scary and you can be a little bit more productive.
0: Excellent. So you're the studio's on the go at the moment. You're working in various projects. What do you look for in a young aspiring artist or band when you look to essentially produce and engineer them?
1: That's a, that's a great question. And I, I might surprise you with my answer. I think that for me, first and foremost, the person has to be someone that I would be comfortable spending time with. Because uh, music is such a subjective medium. And what one person thinks is good, another person thinks is terrible, and vice versa. But the thing for me that is a constant is whether or not that person is someone that I could find myself sharing something that's so important with me, meaning music, I want to be able to share that with somebody who I enjoy being with. And um, I've said this before in some of the workshops that I teach, but the music industry is full of extremely talented people who are very, very difficult to be around. And for me, that's not necessarily someone that I would enjoy working with, even if the talent is off the charts. It's, It's too personal a process and there's too much joy in it for me to want to work with someone no matter how talented they are if they're not an easy person to be around. So first and foremost, I I want to spend time with someone who shares my general view about music. Uh, And then secondly, uh, we have to be somewhat compatible musically. We have to enjoy similar sounds, similar feels for music, otherwise it's going to be harder to find a common ground. It doesn't have to be identical, but there has to be some common ground there. And then for me, since my comfort zone as a writer is more musical, meaning the overall chordal approach and lyrical, I really work best with writers who are great melody writers. My melodies are about as good as my singing voice, which is fine, just fine. But when you work with a great singer and someone who really understands the capabilities of their voice and what they can do melodically, then it's a real joy to create a, a musical arrangement around that and to put words to it. So those are some of the things that I look for in the artists that I work with.
0: Excellent. And what producers do you like? What, um, you know, have there so much? Um, media outlets for when we're looking at different producers these days. There's DVDs, there's documentaries. So I think we've got a real um, good insight now, more so than we ever have. And, of course, we YouTube and everything as well. Having had that access to watch many different producers at work, who do you like?
1: Well, you know, it's funny, not even having watched them, but having listened to the results. I mean, we can go back as far as Alan Parsons and the work that he did with Pink Floyd. Uh, I happen to be a big fan of some of the work that... Um, Malcolm Byrne did. And Malcolm Byrne is someone who who worked on some sort of slightly more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, vibey type records. He did a record for an artist named Chris Whitley that's one of my all-time favorite records called Living With The Law. Uh, then there are people like John Leventhal who did work with Sean Colvin and works with uh, Roseanne Cash. So I guess what I'm, I'm saying on some level is I like producers who work with singer-songwriters and help create the sound around them. So those are a few examples of producers that I admire. And recently, uh, I had an opportunity to spend some time talking to Don Was, right. who is another remarkable producer, very, very low-key, very unself-impressed, and does just beautiful work.
0: What are your thoughts on the whole... I mean, people have... Auto-tune has been a subject for debate, and amongst uh, a lot of different musicians, producers, engineers over the last... I, I don't even know when it came to a fresh and really. What are your thoughts on it, generally?
1: I, I think of Auto-Tune as one more tool that a producer has at their disposal, should they choose to use it. And like any tool, whether it's reverb or delay or EQ, it can be used tastefully or it can be abused. But to draw the line, for me personally, to draw the line at autotune and say, that's not okay, well, then why is reverb okay, since that's not naturally there in the recording either? In other words, you know, there's, for me, it's a continuum. There's, there's no such thing as just a perfect recording or then things that you use that, that aren't okay. I think there are so many tools at our disposal, it's, um... It's a matter of how you use them and whether it's in service to the song or whether it's just to be lazy, um, that's different, you know. But I, I don't have a problem with it personally.
0: <laughs> Excellent. The style of recordings that I'm a big fan of, the old Sun Records recordings, the Elvis... I mean, I would love to be part of creating an album with, you know, with those tools, as in something really, really minimal, one, one or two mics in the room. Is that something that interests you as a producer as well, going back to basics, so to speak?
1: Sure. I mean, there's always something about working without a net that's very appealing. And, you know, one of the great things about Nashville, coming back to Nashville, is that the players, the session musicians that I have the the privilege, really, of, of working with on records are the kinds of musicians that, when paired with a good artist, would be perfectly delighted to sit in a room and play the record down live. So maybe one day there'll be an opportunity to do it. But I think, One of the things that you said that I think is the key to that is Sun Studios had a great live room. And so one of the things that that most of us don't have the luxury of anymore are great recording spaces. You know, the the days of the big room or the days of the the really interesting acoustic sounding room, those are pretty expensive and, and pretty hard to come by. And so as a result, you know, as producers, our job is to create that feel, given the limitations of our space, but it would be awfully nice to have a space like that to record it.
0: That's a really interesting point you make, because technology's developed so much, everybody can record from home, so because it's, because it's went like that to such a degree, the massive spaces, you're absolutely right, they're very hard to come by.
1: They are, they are. I recently took a tour of the um, Motown studios in, um, in Detroit, yeah. and it's really remarkable to stand in those rooms and think about the music that came out of those places it's uh it's an incredible thing superb so where
0: can we you've got a twitter where can we find you on twitter and of course your website
1: you can find me at cliff goldmacher and good luck with the spelling on that hopefully this is a podcast where it's written down somewhere
0: we can get we'll have that loud and clear so to speak (laughs) online and everything and your website is dot com. is that right
1: that's exactly right. And for aspiring uh, songwriters, I also have a website called educatedsongwriter.com, Absolutely. which might be helpful.
0: Yeah, that's great. And listen, we're going to get you on again because we haven't even touched on your record label and all the different people that you're working with. Um, I'll really look forward to um, seeing what you and Janine have, have, have got together in that studio because I'm really excited to hear
1: that. Well thank you Scott, I'd love to show it to you and thanks for having me on, it's, it's been a privilege.
0: Absolutely, thanks very much Cliff. Fantastic interview there with Cliff Goldmark, a really really interesting guy and we didn't even scratch his surface to the extent of the things that he's involved with in music. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, you may be able to catch me on the 20th of March as part of the Glasgow International Comedy Festival. I'm headlining a gig at Malone's Bar. Elvira Stitt and Waterlight are supporting, so get yourself down there. It's only £5 per ticket. And just remember as well, you can go on iTunes and click that subscribe button and you can get this podcast for free Each and every Thursday, straight to your iPhone, straight to your iPad, on your Game Boy, your Sega Mega Drive, wherever you listen to this podcast, and we will see you next week.